Welcome to Daily Daf Different, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Joshua Culp. Uh, I will be with you learning the next couple of weeks of the Daily Daf. Uh, just uh, to introduce myself briefly, I teach at the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. I've been teaching there for about 18, 19 years, quite a long time. Uh, I live in the city of Modi'in with my family, but as you can tell from my American accent, I'm originally from America, from the state of New Jersey. I'm going to be learning with you the third chapter of Moed Katan, of Tractate Moed Katan. And just a, a brief introduction to the chapter, if you've been following along for the first two chapters of Moed Katan, uh, the topic of the Masechet is uh, Cholomoed, the laws of Cholomoed. And our chapter continues to deal with the laws of Cholomoed, what things you're allowed to do on Cholomoed, what things you're not allowed to do on Cholomoed. But the chapter shifts, and most of the chapter eventually, starting from actually the second half of this daf, which we're not going to talk about too much today, deals with the laws of Avelut, of mourning, because there is an overlap in what things a mourner is not allowed to do, for instance, shaving, washing, laundering clothes, uh, and the laws, uh, what you're not allowed to do during the Moed, uh, as we're going to see in our Mishnah, during Chol Moed. Um, so therefore, most of the chapter deals with the laws of Avilut. From time to time, I will talk a little bit about some of the practical ramifications, but uh, as... Um, might have happened in other cases in daily daf differently. You shouldn't take this as a psak halacha. If God forbid one of you experiences a case of avilut, I think you should ask your local rabbi or consult somebody and see what the halacha dictates you need to do in that specific situation. But we'll look at some of the underpinnings, some of the concepts, some of the practices of avilut. So um, the Mishnah begins, Ve'elu megalchin b'moed. These are the people that are allowed to shave or cut their hair during Cholomoed, Habam one who comes back from abroad, or somebody who comes out of uh, prison, excuse me, from captivity, or someone who comes out of prison, and somebody who was um, put into Nidui, into excommunication, who the rabbis allowed him to get out of his excommunication, and so too, somebody who had made a vow not to uh, to shave or to cut his hair and asked a sage if he was allowed to do so, and the sage allowed him to do so. So I'm going to stop at the Mishnah right there. Um, basically, these are exceptions, and generally speaking, a person should not shave or cut his hair during the Mohed, and this was done, as we learned in the first sugi, which I'm not going to read, in order to encourage people to prepare for the Mohed by shaving or cutting their hair before the Regal, before the festival began, so that somebody would enter the festival looking proper. In other words, Chazal was afraid that if they let you shave and cut your hair during the Mohed, then you would say to yourself, ah, 
I'm going to have time later on. Why take the time to go to a barber? People didn't do this themselves back then. They didn't have the instruments. Why take the time to go to the barber now? I'll go to the barber later on. And therefore, they would enter there the first day of the regular, of the festival. They would enter looking a little disgraceful. So therefore, the rabbi said, if you didn't take the time to do this beforehand, then you will not be allowed to do so later on. Now, the first sugya, actually the second sugya in the Gemara, there's an interesting question that I want to explore. By Rebbe Zeir, Rebbe Zeir, the Amora asked, Avdalo Aveda Erev HaRegel. If he lost something the day before the Regel, and evidently he was very busy trying to find his lost object, and he didn't have time to go shave, like those people who were coming from abroad or getting out of captivity or prison and didn't have an opportunity to shave, and therefore we do allow them to shave during the regel. What about this guy who just stopped? Something happened. He got busy uh, with something perhaps quite trivial, right? He just lost something. He was busy the day before, lost track of time, and he didn't have time to shave before the regel. Kevan de Anis Mutar, since something happened that he couldn't have planned for, after all, it was just a lost object. Therefore, it should be allowed, he should be allowed to shave during the regel. Or perhaps, since this is not something that everybody would know about, so therefore, he's not allowed to shave during the regel. So this is a very important question. Right? The question is, do we make an exception for somebody who something happened to that was beyond his control? Uh, and I think this is, this is why I wanted to explore this section. Uh, it's a very um, important question in general. It has many applications throughout halacha, perhaps throughout legal, our legal lives. Do we make exceptions when we have a rule that's there so that somebody doesn't do X? In this case, we have a rule so that somebody doesn't intentionally leave his shaving to do during the moed because we don't want people to do that. But what happens in an exceptional case? where this person didn't intentionally wait until the regel to shave, but something happened that he had no control over. He lost something. Do we make an exception in that case? Or do we say, like Abaye is going to say in a second, Amar Abaye, Yomru, Ko Hasrikin Asurin, Srike Baitus Mutari. And this is like a, a saying in Halacha. Abaye said, they'll say that all of the... um Matzot that are made with a certain kind of design are forbidden, but those that are made by the, with the design of baitus are permitted. Now, you may be asking, why are we talking about matzah? What's the deal with the matzah? So this is a line from the Tosefta in Psachim, where the rabbis say, if you make a little design, little holes, like we actually have today on our matzot, on top of your matzot, those matzot are forbidden to eat during Pesach, because we're afraid it takes a long time to make those designs, and we're afraid that while it takes a long time, the, the matzah, the dough that he, the person is preparing, will become chametz. So, Baitus evidently was this expert, legendary baker. We hear about him several times in Psachim. And he could make these designs so quickly that the matzah wouldn't become chametz. But if they allowed his designs, what would happen? People would see Baitu's designed matzah, and then they think, ah, designed matzah is permitted on Pesach. And so if we allow an exception in that case, people won't understand that the exception was done 
specifically for baitos, and therefore they would allow all design matzah, and some of those would be chametz, and that would be a big problem. So the sugi goes on here in Moed Katan, Daf Yud Dalet, uh, right? In your reasoning, Hadamar Rabbi Asi, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, that which Rabbi Asi said the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Anybody who only has one cloak is allowed to wash it on Cholamoed under the assumption that uh, he it got dirty, so he has no alternative cloak. So despite the fact that we don't allow people to launder their clothing on Cholamoed, because we want them to launder their clothing before Cholamoed, this guy who only has one cloak, he's allowed to wander it on Cholamoed. Hatam Nami, there too. Right, uh, 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 Rabbi Zera says, or someone would say in the name of Rabbi Zera, there too you should say, Yomru, Kola Srikin, Asurin, Sriki Baitus Muturin. All designed matzah is prohibited. The designed matzah of Baitus is permitted. In other words, if you generally have a rule not to allow one to, uh, uh, to, uh, wash their clothes on Cholomoed, how are we going to know that, that guy's washing his clothes on Cholomoed? Because that's the only clothes he had, and he did wash it beforehand, but now it got dirty, and he has no alternative. So the answer is, Ha-itmar amar barav ashi, ezoro mochiachalav. So it's been said about that statement, in the name of mar barav ashi, a later amora, that his belt will um, prove exactly what he was doing, or the fact that he only has one cloak. Rashi here on the daf explains that somebody who only has one um, cloak, he takes it off, and he puts on this overgarment, and he ties it up with his belt, and that's an unusual action. So if somebody sees somebody doing that, he'll know, ah, that guy only has one cloak. He may have an outer jacket, but an outer jacket isn't something you'd wear all the time. He only has one regular let's say, shirt kind of cloak, the normal piece of clothing people would go around in. And therefore, I can see that he is laundering his only cloak. So it seems that the if there's an answer in this section, the answer is, if everybody would know that you were an exception to the case, and everybody could see that you're an exception to the case, then it's not a problem to deviate from the standard halakha that's meant to keep people away from uh, from sinning or from transgressing. But if it's a personal thing that nobody would know and that nobody could see, for instance, you personally lost something and you were busy, but no one knows that you were busy and there's no reason that they would know, then despite the fact that you did not intentionally leave your shaving until the moed, we can't make an exception for you. We're sorry. We can't make an exception for you. You are not going to be allowed to shave. Not because you personally were criminal. Not because you left your shaving to be done during the Moed. But because people will see what you're doing and they will think that it's generally permitted. Uh, and I think this is a concept that I wanted you to think about. We're going to end in a second here. But something... Um, comes up in other cases, the one of the cases in the Talmud that it appears is regards to eating cheese and meat off the same table. Right? There's nothing not kosher about eating cheese and meat off the same table. The reason why we don't allow that generally is because somebody might eat from the, someone who's eating the cheese might reach over and eat some of the meat or vice versa. We don't want that to happen. The question is, what if we know that that's go not going to happen? Can we allow 
um, the people to eat off the same table. I'm not going to get into the answer right now, but you can see that this is the type of question that has many applications. So thanks for listening today, and I look forward to learning with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.